Hey guys, welcome to CancelTheShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks, Projo in the house. Hope everybody's doing well on a Wednesday. Of course, you can jump in at any point. It is the October 25th podcast. You can jump in, be a part of it. We love it. You guys help make the live show, the live cast as it is, a big deal. We're a live show, but we're also the podcast aspect of it. With that being said, you've got Trump headed to court today for the civil fraud trial. Um, that's going on. You've also... You've also got um, the situation with the Republicans that I just talked about. Um, their fourth speaker, Mike Johnson. Nobody even knows who the guy is. I don't know. They look happy in front of a TV. We'll see if he can get enough votes. Uh, Bud Light and UFC signing a deal. We'll get into that in just a second as well. We've also got three interviews. We are packed. We've got the Strix. They're live from the trial in Kansas City that it's affecting realtors nationwide. Um, we're going to talk psychedelic drugs again at nine o'clock uh, with a lobbyist who's trying to get them um, legalized in the state of Missouri. And then, of course, 930, we've got Ham, Hamid Hamra, the owner of Route 66 Cannabis. He's in Miami. He's going to be joining us uh, to talk a lot about business structure. And if you had questions about business, yeah, we talk about Route 66, but he also talks about the ins and outs of businesses, how to start it, the things that you got to look up for. There's all kinds of things. Okay, so we're in Kansas City. We're in Miami. We're in St. Louis. We're all over the freaking place today uh, getting things done. We're in Jefferson City. Uh, so it is a packed show, packed, 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 packed. But I wanted to start today's show with Bud Light, Dana White, and Bud Light are the new team. That's right. Bud Light fired that woke staff, the cancel culture staff of a couple weeks ago. Remember, they wanted to cancel fratty boys, mm -hmm. and then they canceled their brand. <laughs> well, um, even though their head, their CEO, never really apologized, I know that it, that gets angry sometimes, and in life, I know there's so many times where we feel we're owed an apology. You can't force an apology from somebody. You just can't. Mm -hmm. We've all dealt with those situations. We want it. We deserve it. We may think that we can't move on without it. Bud Light's not going to give a true apology for what they did. They're trying to move on. They're trying to navigate these cancel culture waters that get placed upon companies, as we know, when it comes to DEI and other situations. Well, they got rid of the woman who is a disaster. They got rid of the department, a California liberal-based company. Why they ever hired them in the first place, I have no idea. And now, guess who's back? Back again. Bud Light's back. Tell a friend. Bud Light and the UFC have now signed an advertising deal where Bud Light will become the official beer of UFC. And let me remind you, if you don't know already... The UFC is 100% against cancel culture. Mm -hmm. They are 100% for giving people an opportunity to speak their mind when it comes to politics. And guess what almost every one of their fighters does if they're going to talk politics? They talk about Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. They talk yeah. about conservative values. They talk about the Epstein book, the Epstein Black book, where is it? They talk about Biden being a total disaster as a president. Bud Light couldn't have chosen a better company mm -hmm. to get in bed with, so to speak. There is no better brand than to go with the machismo, the tough, the male macho image of the UFC and try to rebuild their brand. Yeah, I mean, kudos smart. to Bud Light. Very smart move. I, I, it's brilliant. 
I don't know if Dana White um, is taking about 90% of the profits. <laughs> and sometimes you got to give a little to get a little. Correct. That applies with a lot of things in life. Bud Light has no other choice. What a fantastic opportunity. I think their brand can be rebuilt. I think it can too. I think it's going to take a while because there's a lot of people that still just do not trust them. And then there'll be some people that just want to move on right away. And so it'll be interesting to see if it's a slow burn up or if, bang, it's like flipping a switch. Well, it's also, isn't Bud Light the official beer of the NFL too? Yeah. Bud Light's going to make a comeback. And it's interesting. Here's Dana White talking about it. Joe, are you ready to go, buddy? Joe is ready to go. Okay, here's the interview. Dana White with Sean Hannity talking about why. And if you can fast forward to, uh, well, it's all right, just play it now. Here's the interview. From outside the arena where UFC president Dana White, he just announced that Bud Light, yes, the Bud Light, will become the official beer partner of the league. Now, after veering off course, which I thought was stupid, into the, you know, woke cultural wars in the country, uh, is this a strong message from Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light that uh, we've heard you loud and clear and we're getting back on track? Anyway, here with more on all of this, this brand new partnership is UFC president, CEO Dana White is with us. You know, so I had you on my radio sh show today, been on radio 30 plus years, been here, I'm in my 28th year at Fox. And, you know, what's interesting to me is I refuse to call for boycotts, firings, cancellations, any of this stuff. I'm against all of it. I didn't like, I thought it was stupid of, of Budweiser or Bud Light to get into that controversy. Just dumb. And I have no idea why they waded into those waters. But my fear from the beginning was not the person that made the dumb decision or the people that made the dumb decision. When I saw this taken hold, I was concerned about the people that work for Bud Light. Those are high paying career jobs. And I said that publicly. And I'm hoping, you know, everybody knows who you are, Dana. No holes barred, kick ass, take no prisoners. I don't give an Adam Schiff. You are in anybody's face. By the way, this is the longest so question in the history. With you. This is the perfect example of Hannity going, look at me. Uh-huh. It's all about <laughs> yeah. me. You know, well, first of all, let me start with, uh, you know, they, they were the first beer company that we really did business with. They're our first real big sponsor uh, when we were getting started. And now we're back with them. And going into this deal, you know, I, I know all the controversy and everything else, but for myself, Going into a long-term deal with another sponsor, I want to be with somebody that I'm actually aligned with. And I know people were, were upset with what they did, but uh, I'm looking at all the good things that they do. You know, they, they employ 65,000 Americans. They have thousands of vets that work for them. They spend $700 million a year with U.S. farmers using their crops to make their products and many, many other great things that Anheuser-Busch has done uh, in this country. And... Those are the things that I'm focused on. Uh, when I look at a long-term sponsor that's going to be, we're going we're to do a six-year deal here. I want to be with somebody that I'm aligned with. All those things that I just mentioned to you are what I'm all about. And not to mention, they, they have this thing called Folds of Honor. I'm very big into law enforcement and military. And over the last, I don't know how many years, they've spent like $45 million taking care of, uh, you know, these servicemen and first responders who have died, taking care of their families, scholarships for their kids and things like that. So I am very aligned with Anheuser-Busch.
But tonight, breaking news from outside. The I'm arena. curious what your thoughts are regarding the situation with Bud Light now. Okay. The fact that Bud Light would go align with Dana White. Dana White is not like a middle of the road guy. No. Dana White is a Trumper. Dana White has Donald Trump sitting ringside at whatever fight that Donald Trump wants to come to. When Donald Trump walks into a UFC fight, people stand and cheer and yell for him. Dana White is a Trump guy. I promise you, he would not be aligning with Bud Light unless he knew that Bud Light had changed course, unless Bud Light was going to... Uh, be 100% um, either down the middle, no more of the woke, go woke, go broke, the cancel culture bullshit that we talk about, the stuff that has ruined this country um, that we've talked about so many times when it came to, oh, well, we got to worry about it. We, get, we can't do this. We can't. No, I, I, I think Bud Light is on the uptrend. I think Bud Light will respond. I think they'll rebound and I think they're going to have success. I think people will start to feel more comfortable. Who again was Bud Light's number one class? It was it was men. It wasn't transgenders. <laughs> right. I don't know where that woman got her marketing degree, but oh my god, she <laughs> was so wrong. Um, working men, um, mm. those types of uh, of men, they they forgot about who their customer was, and now Bud Light aligns with arguably, in my opinion, one of the most pro conservative. Uh, companies in the entire world. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. the UFC. So Dana White, hey, if you say it's time to align with Bud Light, and I don't know what kind of deal you worked out, you may, um, you know, you may be being paid probably triple, quadruple the price that ads would cost. Good mm -hmm. for you, Dana. Yeah, you put a product together that people want to watch, and it continues to become more popular. And Bud Light has to, you know, take their lumps financially. It's probably better to sell Bud Light at those events than not. So once again, I guess time will tell what happens with Bud Light and the UFC. But I saw this and I like it. Mm -hmm. I liked it too. I, I really did. I think it's really a great thing. And I know a lot of people won't go back and drink it. But really, I, though, what, yeah. when we get done, I want to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think people have have short memories. I think most people do, but there's some people that when they feel like a line has been crossed, they won't ever go back and they've now had a different beer. I like that this is happening because, you know, like Kathy said on the chat line, I want my country back and Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch is part of the country, especially in the Midwest. And so I, I guess it's just maybe me being naive, but I want to go back to, you know, apple pie and french fries and baseball and america and loving our country because there's just a whole lot of ugliness going on that this is a step in the right direction it may just be a beer but i think it's a step in the right direction bud light will now promote that and will they do commercials they should they should they absolutely. should absolutely do commercials um but i don't i don't hear people who well, number one, there there are very few people, if any, who legitimately want to say in public that they support Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> Just Mitch McConnell wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> Mitch McConnell supports Biden, but... You know. No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, he does. I got some video that was just sent to me. Well, he doesn't do it publicly. I think he does. And I once he again, does. he's like Joe. He doesn't know where the hell he is. Well, that's a good or point. Or what he is saying. That's a good point. They both know they have no idea what they're saying. 
<laughs> I have no idea. Um, I, I, I'll tell you this much. The fact, and I, I'm not a beer guy, I, I, and it's kind of, I used to like, but I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. not a beer guy. Yeah. It bloats me, maybe one, that's fine. Yeah. But if I do, I will drink, the next time I drink a beer, down at Winty's with Ben Kahn, mm-hmm. maybe tonight, I will you're drink, gonna drink a Bud Light. Bud Light. You are, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're going to turn into a UFC fighter instead of a transgender when you drink that beer. Uh, Bob says Bud Light is done. I'm not so sure. Not so fast. Yeah. I think it's going to take a while. Well, I mean, you know, like time will tell. I don't know if it's going to be completely revived or it's a little bit of a step in the right direction. Really, only time will tell about that. So, I, but I just, gosh, I just hate to just hate just to hate society canceled bud light they did their they customers did. and, and maybe they not society it. their customers did and they could have gotten out of it because they could have apologized immediately but they tried to get around it and i, I can't remember the guy's name their their ceo uh it ju- he's an ignorant man he's an ignorant man unless his hands were tied behind the scenes to not immediately come hey we screwed up we tried a marketing deal it didn't mm-hmm. work all right yeah. we screwed up we're going to do everything we can to earn your trust again told you they should have hired me i could have helped them navigate those waters there you go crisis management move over here let's go talk there no they didn't so they're the ones that put it on themselves um i'll be curious to see if national publications national tv shows national radio shows mm-hmm. besides fox actually cover the story well they cover the story knowing the ufc is a microphone i mean they are a megaphone for the conservative movement the ufc is the sounding board these super popular fighters all talking about trump conservatism getting away from all of this bs that the liberal side of politics tries to push down your throat Chris says American beer is like making love in a canoe. <laughs> making love in a canoe? It's close to water. <laughs> close to, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, David says on CBS News, McConnell admitted it. I'm not quite sure what you mean. We're, he's talking about Mitch McConnell admitting oh. that he's on the side of Biden. Bob says Bud Light canceled themselves. They did cancel they themselves. They did cancel themselves. They absolutely um, did. But now... As Kevin says, Bud Light needs to promote the toxic males of the UFC. Um, yeah, it's happening. And it's so damn cool to see that, that. I'm just telling you right now, without saying it, Bud Light is saying it. We screwed up. We effed up. We're a dumbass company. We fired. Even though we're not trying. Because here's the thing. you got to remember. These companies have a lot of pressure being put on them, as we've talked about before. Correct. Even the BlackRock CEO said yes. it. When, we need to force companies to do things that they don't want to do. Yes. When it, So you already know these massive companies are being put in bad situations by these, nat, by these international conglomerates going, you do this or we're not going to mm-hmm. help you with your funding. You're not going to get that tax break. These are the reasons that the companies did this. Target. Um Let's see Target jump in with UFC. Would you love to see <laughs> Target be to be with the UFC fighters? I don't know. All of their little rainbow shirts. I don't know if that'll work. I mean, but you know, Target is such a better store than Walmart and quality and stuff. And it's not that more expensive. But there's so many people that have stopped shopping there now, too. Um, yeah, Kathy reminds us it's the ESG scores. Yes, These are is. the things that were put on them. So Bud Light doing this is big. It yeah. is big. Um, they've lost 
a lot of market share. At one point, I saw it get as much as 35 to 40% of the market share that they had. Um, yeah, Darren's throwing out a cancel. He's like, we need, and we've talked about this, having shows what you would cancel. Feel free to throw it in. We're packed today, but Darren wants to cancel public education. I agree, Darren. Massively totally. failing, yet we are required to pay taxes to finance that. It's a tough situation. It's worse than a tough situation. It's a shitty situation. It really is. Especially when the public schools are like they are in so many parts. Not every public school district, but many of them are. And coming up later in the show, we're going to tell you about a public school district in the state of New Jersey where a superintendent has literally canceled Halloween. Any Halloween celebrations canceled. I mean, we're not talking about Christmas. Yeah. We're not talking about Easter. They canceled Halloween. Well, and Halloween being canceled is so weird. And all in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I I never thought I'd see the day. Now you have Halloween being canceled because of DEI. This, and I'm glad. Here's the thing. If it sticks, too bad for the kids at school. You can go home and have fun. Right. But I'm secretly happy. Now publicly happy because it just shows what a woke mess is. Woke not only makes companies go broke, mm-hmm. woke messes with all facets of life. The cancelization of these things. Whoa, whoa. And I knew we were going to get... Sherry, congrats. If I had a piece of candy, I'd throw it to you. About I knew we're, Halloween's Satan's a, a Satan's holiday. I, I knew somebody was going to say it. I know. I, I know it. And you're allowed to bring up whatever you want to do. Well, and you know, the interesting thing about that, Vic, I know we're going to talk about it later, but since that was brought up, I have to say that my oldest kid, when he was 32, the Francis House School District back then canceled Halloween. And that so we're going back, you know, 25 years or more. And they just called it a fall party. And it was different. It wasn't because of leftist DEI. It was the far right saying... Basically, you can't have it because it is Satan's birthday and that sort of thing. And so Halloween is now controversy on both sides. And I understand that, you know, the paganism that was brought into it. But little so now we are. To, are we talking? We're getting yeah, ready we're to, to talk, we're, yeah, we're we're getting ready talk to Kathy. Um, we'll talk about that in a little Kathy bit. Kathy Strick, Steve Strick uh, coming up here. They're live in Kansas City site of the massive real estate lawsuit that's going on that they told us about last week that is the biggest lawsuit arguably in the history of real estate and how it would affect buyers, sellers, real estate agents. So they're in Kansas City. They're going to look at us and let us know all of that. Mary says, just look. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I see. Real quick. Hey, let me finish up the Bud Light thing. I'm curious. I saw one person say, Vic, I'm with you. I would have a Bud Light because of what they done. If somebody offered you, you made me drink a Bud Light in the midst. Didn't you bring me a Bud I Light did, on I my did. birthday? I did. I brought you a Bud Light, and I, you know, as a joke, since it was and just I drank canceled, the Bud Light in the midst of cancel. You did culture and, season on Bud Light. Yes, and you became very <laughs> feminine that day. I mean, it was you know. So now I'm thinking, when you drink it, you're going to be a UFC fighter. I did put more makeup on than normal. That's for sure. That's right. And I liked it. And you liked it. Um, the lipstick on. You kissed a boy, and you liked it. From was that Tommy Madison after, <laughs> or I mean Billy Madison, yeah. Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, yeah. Calls yeah. and apologizes, and what's the actor's name again? I said this before. He crosses him off his hit list, and then he puts his ri- puts a little makeup on. That there. was me oh, that day, oh, and yeah. I had to get that Bud Light out of my system. Oh. But now it's a masculine drink. You can drink Bud Light. Yeah, you can drink Bud Light. You could. I don't always put makeup on, but when I do, I go full go. Full go with a Bud Light. What was the What was the beer again? What's the What's the uh, Wasn't a Mexican beer? I don't always produce a show, but when I do, 
I do it the Projo way. Dos Equis. Dos Equis. <laughs> Say that again, Joe. I like that word. Dos Equis. There you go. Uh, Kevin says, yeah, Vic was a sus male that day. Yeah, he was. Is it sus or is it sis? You're a sus sis. A sus sis. You're, you're a sissy sus. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> is that where sissy comes from? I don't sis? know. I really Does don't Does sis know. come from sissy? Oh, good question. Has it been played against us? Maybe so. There you go. I, I can't keep up with all these different words that people make up. Hey, can somebody bring us a Bud Light? I want a Bud Light. Yeah, if there is anyone, we're we're dead. We serious. suck. Our podcast sucks, but it doesn't suck. We but suck. We were I mean, we're a little sucky this morning, we, but we suck. If we were cool, we'd have like people like uh, the Today Show, like standing outside the windows, like that's right. In. Well, if you're Standing in the Chesterfield all... Airport area, bring Vic a beer. It's the Strategic Air Service. I, Just drive I in should, and give I him was, one. I was busy, and I was worried that I was going to have to do something because Joe was trying to get here because Joe lives in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, he does. Um, and he drives in every day. <laughs> a hell of a drive. It's a hell of a drive to get here. Uh, or I would have stopped and gotten Bud Light. And you and I... and but Do you drink beer, Joe? No, not anymore. Okay. You don't drink anything, right? Yeah. Alcohol, you just do the weed? Alcohol is not my friend. Yes. Jim. It is It is Weed Wednesday. Yes, so, um, I don't know. We could toast. We would toast and we would have a chug contest. There you go. Something tells me because you're a hardcore former college runner mm -hmm. that you might be able to beat me in a chug off. Maybe. Maybe. Because <laughs> what runners at the end of their race were given a beer. Bingo. That's uh -huh. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is cancel this. Cancelthishow.com. Uh Here's to you, uh, Bud Light, uh, for what you did. Um, real American hero. There you go. Those were Bud Light commercials too, weren't they? They had good commercials. Here's to you, Mr. Producer of a podcast show. <laughs> the American hero from Columbia. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. 18500 Edison is where we are. At Strategic Air Services. And we wouldn't mind at all if you popped in with a Bud Light. <laughs> and some Winty's Wings. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if they're making yeah. the Winty's Wings yet. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Uh, you'd probably wings. smell them. We're only a, we're, what, a half mile from Winty's. We can walk to Winty's. Uh, mm -hmm. In the St. Louis area for all of our listeners. I know we have a, a national audience when we do that. Uh, so uh, I'll end up with that. Hannity, I'm glad you had him on. It was a good interview. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Thank you, Chris. That's who I was thinking of with Steve Buscemi with his red lipstick all over him. <laughs> that was me after drinking the Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. You. I noticed you went outside of the studio and you put on some high heels, too. Yeah, I did. too. You know what? That's I, Honest to God, that's one thing I do not miss is wearing makeup. I wore, I, I, I wore makeup. And mm -hmm. oh, my God. I do not miss that. It's always... And I don't care how many times... A straight man has yes, bought makeup. Mm -hmm. Every time I'd go into the Ulta store or somewhere else to pick up something, uh -huh. I still get that weird feeling. Yeah. And I bet you got weird looks, too, even in this day. No, no. I didn't. I never got any weird looks. They're like, um, do you have an account with this? I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're a premium member. <laughs> a premium member. Big South. You get a discount. You've had to purchase so much makeup. Ugh. I guess now you feel sorry for us women that do wear makeup. I don't wear a whole lot, but I wear some. Yeah. More now because the lights are bright in here and I have to like, otherwise I would look like a ghost. Um, yeah. Still to come, we're going to get into that whole situation regarding um, uh, 
What was it we just talking? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, I got I got some things. Halloween in the class. Um, we've got um, this whole speaker situation. I did see, and we'll get into it. Glenn said that Matt Gates looks like a genius right now. If he does, I hope so. I hope he looks like a genius. Because I don't know if this fourth speaker, um, it, it appears as if he's, the Republicans are done. I hope so. They're, they're done posturing. We'll see. I mean, we thought this was already going to be done. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, Mary says, years back, I saw Kent Earhart, weather guy in the St. Louis area, in the clinic chair, getting his makeup done in Macy's. That's interesting. That's the last place anybody would be getting their makeup. Why would he be getting it done in Macy's at a clinic counter? Uh, Damn, I need to show Kent how to put his makeup on. You do. <laughs> Uh, Dave said he sent a picture of Bud Light to Projo. Are you ready to show? Do you have that? What, what's going on with that, Projo? Uh, I'm checking the email. I don't see anything. I mean, he might have texted to you, so I just told him <clears throat> to send it to your email. Uh, Glenn says, Bill Gates, he invested $100 million into Bud. And by the way, he did. Thank you for the reminder. Here's what happened. When Bud Light was at their lowest, Bill Gates put $100 million into it. We talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. He invested in Bud Light $100 million. Okay, a lot of us are not BG fans for no. a variety of reasons, and with good reason. Yeah, good reason. I'm not a BG But damn, how smart was that? Very. Because they were teetering, mm -hmm. and a lot of people didn't know if they really wanted the brand to be around or not. Right. Yeah. And if it takes off with the USC, and I think it will in time, Bill Gates is going to make a whole lot more money, and $100 million to him is nothing. No, and I hate to, that little twerp makes more money. I, I don't like it. I love for people to be successful, but not him. I know. I was messing around. I put tw I had $25, opened up an account, and and I guess it was Robinhood. And I looked at it. was already – and now if I had, let's say, a million dollars to invest, mm -hmm. I would have made a ton of money because yeah. now my crypto money was up to $80 this morning. Well, there you go. And that's why it takes money to make money. Yeah. And everybody knows that. Yes, it does. It does. Um. Could you talk? I've got to give Steve the link again. Yeah. So, okay. So coming up is going to be the Strix. And Vic talked about that. And it's they're in Kansas City. And they're going to be telling us what's going on at this big convention. And I'm really looking forward to them being on. Because whenever they talk about things... We have to take that serious because we've been talking about on the show quite a bit about how BlackRock is just buying up everything. And since she, they said that last week, they were saying, and I can't remember the time frame, and I will ask her on the show, that at some point relatively soon, 68% of our housing is going to be owned by BlackRock subsidiaries. And so I myself, you know, got on and started, you know, going on Zillow and, and Googling all the different places. And it's amazing how houses go up. And then they're picked up really fast. And then you go back a little while later and you find out who owns it. And it might not be a name that you understand who it is. But then when you look, there's like 3,000 companies that are under BlackRock. And you realize they're not far-fetched in saying that. There is so much property that's owned by these big conglomerates. And so I, I kind of said it a little bit last week that... A lot of people right now did something that I thought was kind of odd, but I understood it. They sold when they thought it was really high. You're in a situation right now. 
yeah, I am in a situation right now. I told that to Vic after the show that, you know, Open Door keeps offering us money. And so it's, it's we bought the house nine years ago, and it's way more than double. And I didn't even get this. So they've, been, they've been offering this to us for like four years, and the money keeps going up and up and up and up. And here's the deal. Part of it, I understand now why people want to, because part of me go, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. And I could literally go move somewhere else and have my house paid off. But then am I part of the problem that I I sold Open Door, which is really just BlackRock? But then Vic said something about, well, maybe you're going to be the only one that in your subdivision that didn't sell out. And, you know, I thought, gosh, so I looked at that too. And I noticed that... On my street alone, that, and it's not that huge of a street, I would say more than a third already in the last three years went rental. And then in my subdivision as a whole, there is a whole lot of rentals. So, you know, and, and like Kathy's saying in there, do not sell your house, Lizzie, then they win. And that's why we're kind of, you know, I've dug my heels and my husband even more so than me not to sell it to them, even though we would make more money if we sold it to BlackRock than we would just putting it up for sale, say, with the Strix. It's interesting. Kathy says, do not sell your house, and they win. Kathy, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. Um, if you find financially can do it, that's good. But here's the problem. It's only a matter of time. That's the scary part. And and you may hate me for this, but at least I'm honest. And I'm just, from my own education and seeing what happens to people, if the rules are changed... You can look in the mirror and say, I sold and feel good about yourself. Fine, do it. If you're like, man, I gave in and I hurt the cause, then don't do it. Right, right. And so I and I think a lot of people don't even understand. But I would sell. And that's what I told you. Yeah, you did tell me because that. Go ahead and sell. This train's on the track. It's coming. Yeah. And you got to protect your family and, and your children. It is. And, and I know, Kathy, you may be pissed at me, and I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be honest. That's and, Unless there's a way to be educated differently. That's why I told Lizzie what I did. Well, and here's my problem, though. Say I do sell it, and I sell it to BlackRock or whatever and get all this money. The problem is, is when you go somewhere else, and let, you know, if I could take the money and pay cash, that would be great. That would that, be great. Okay, this is making sense. Yes. I mean, that would be great. If I could take it and then pay cash, I did help myself, but I hurt the greater cause like kathy was saying but then i understand what you were saying this is why it's such a quandary i understand what you're saying because it's if i don't do it somebody else is going to do it so i mean we, we just keep holding out but i'm i don't know if any of you and if you and if you have say it on the chat line if we're getting like emails phone calls incessant phone calls emails and all that offering us money and so a couple years back before we found out that's what it was my husband actually went through the process with open door and what the process is, is they make it very easy. You don't have to make any repairs on your house at all. And you just take a video. You go to every room and you video room after room after room after room. You send it to Open Door or, or whoever the BlackRock subsidiary is. Then they will cut you a check minus a fee, which is similar to a real estate fee. But you get the amount of money for the house that you would someone else without any of the repairs i mean none of the repairs do you have to make and then they offer if you would like to until you find something else to rent your own house back now that i don't know how much they would have charged us for that so they make it so easy and then they, these people have never even really seen your house at the very end somebody just kind of walks up and makes sure it is the same house and we got all the way up to that point 
all the way up to that point, signed on the dotted line and all of that, and then found out, oh, shit, this is BlackRock. So we backed I, out. Yeah, but here's the other thing, though. This is so true. Robert says, in Detroit, when the sub changes, the subdivision, yeah, and you don't sell before the tipping point, guess what? Yeah. You lose while you were trying to think that I was doing like the virtuous thing. Yes. Yeah. Kathy says, don't do it. And we respect that opinion as well. Um, <laughs> Vernon says, find the Bud Light commercial with the horse farting. Uh, thanks, Vernon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here Heather says. And the open. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And an open door will allow offers out six to 12 months for purchase by them. She has a um, she has a construction loan in process because I believe Heather is a realtor. I think an open door. Uh, Open Door is buying their home in June, July next year. That was what they offered well, us too. Well, here's that- why I say do it. And we'll see what Kathy says here in yeah, a second. Yeah, let's see. The what reason I say do it is because inventory, as we talked with Kathy about last week, mm-hmm. I know it's slower in some places, but it's opening up all over America and prices are starting to drop in massive yeah. cities. It doesn't I, I, mean I it's happening everywhere. My husband. I did say that. I, if you could sell now, wait, you may get a damn good bargain. Yeah. Let's talk to the expert. Kathy Helbig Strict of Experience Realty. Uh, Experience Realty Partners, 314-276-SOLD. 314-276-SOLD. Kathy, you're in Kansas City. Uh, your shot looks great. You look beautiful <laughs> like ever. Love your shirt. I'm in, my, I'm in my hotel room with a makeshift platform. Oh, it works, yeah. though. It does work good. <laughs> hey, did you, when you were coming in, did you hear what Lizzie was talking about? I know we talked just about catching, this. I was like, wait, you're talking real estate when I'm not even on We're, we're just, no, we're, we're, we're stirring it up. Yeah, we're, we're stirring the pot We're, we're getting it ready for you, All Kathy. Right. And now I'm going to toss you the softball, and you're going to knock it out of the park right here. Right. I told Lizzie she should sell because she's getting big offers from BlackRock for her home. Mm-hmm. Others say don't do it. Uh, others say you should do it. Um, I think she should do it. Have somehow, some way, maybe wait because these prices are going to drop, right? Well, prices are dropping in some areas. We are, <clears throat> we are experiencing um, maybe dropping from extreme highs in some areas in St. Louis. But, but this is a national show, so you've got to. No, but we talked. More, but there's more people in St. Louis too. You can talk to both. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> but as far as. You know, while rates are high, we're seeing a, just a little bit of a, of a slowdown on the appreciation of the homes. So, yes, potentially, if we continue to get, if our economy does not shape up and we roll into next year, because now they're saying they're not sure if rates are going to come down in the first quarter at this point or not, where for a while they were predicting it would, then you could see a little slide back on, on the uh, appreciation of homes. But again, Vic, we're still in a supply and demand type situation, and we're still seeing a lot of activity for this time of the year. It's unusually still active in St. Louis. <clears throat> so here's the thing you have to think about. The second the, the rates come down just a little bit, we're going to have people come back into the marketplace, which then is going to increase the supply and demand issue, which will then pop the house prices back in the other direction. So it's hard to say, it's hard to time a market just right. I mean, it's just like stocks, you know. You don't know when the exact time is to sell. you still got a lot of equity in your house. You could sell now. But let me challenge you with this, Lizzie. If you've got a BlackRock offer, I'm assuming it's Open Door. It's Open Door. Yeah, door. that's exactly who it is. Yeah. You actually work with Open Door because there are some situations where it is the good fit for the seller. 
Um, but I would challenge you to say, if your offer is that good with open door, what would your off what what would your offer look like from regular buyers in the open marketplace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a good question. Yep, that that's you're why asking. you're a genius. Three one four two seven six hold. Three one four two seven six hold. Give Kathy and her yeah. team a call. It's the kind of advice you're going to get. You team with somebody you can mm-hmm. trust. You team with the best. Yeah. You team with experience because nobody has ever dealt with a, a situation like this, mm-hmm. and you need the experience to deal with it. Don't do with this by yourself i agree i agree and this has been going on knowledge of open door guys there they do give you your highest offer pre-market so you know and and we're, we're a partner with them so we actually get extra benefits if you have us facilitate your open door offer versus if you're just the public and go online and get it yourself um so there are some good things that like somebody mentioned right when I was coming on, I heard somebody say they could build a new house and not close for nine months or something like that. There is those type of opportunities with a company like that, that you're not going to get with a regular, you know, buyer off the street. That's going to give you the, the ability to be flexible and not provide the home to them for nine more months. Right, right. And this has been going on that we've been getting offers for, I bet, every bit four years. And at first, my husband did it. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And we did the whole videoing and all this. And then we decided not to do it. That was about four years ago. And they still do it. And they up the ante every single time they make an offer to us. We keep, My husband keeps saying no. They came to us. It wasn't like we even had the house up for sale. Right. They just, they literally just, you know, basically started emailing and, and calling and all of that. And we we just kind of just didn't do right. it. Well, once you're in their database, they're going to continue to check in with you because it is a numbers game. They'll yeah, they'll makes get sense. somebody at some some point in time. Now, also the way it works is that the original offer that they give you online is based on their walkthrough. So you first get like a range, and it'll give you average of the range. Then you go do your video walkthrough yourself, mm-hmm. and you put that in and within like a week later they want to come out and have somebody physically walk through the house then when they walk through the house the offer can adjust based on does it need new hvacs like did it match Mm -hmm. the description that you gave does it um is it going to need some refreshing to be able to turn it into a property that either they sell or they rent so the offer then is adjusted at that point and then that's your real offer Damn, that's fascinating. Talking with Kathy Helbig Strict of Experience Realty Partners, 314-276-SOLD. Also, if you have mortgage questions, um, you can check in with her husband, Steve Strict, at New American Funding. Kathy, uh, you're in Kansas City. You told us last week you were going to be there. There is a closely watched jury trial underway in Kansas City that could upend the real estate market, specifically with broker fees and other areas. Um, What's the latest on this situation? What are you hearing and what do people need to know about this? Yeah, so I got to sit in the courtroom all day yesterday. I'm actually headed there right now, too, because there's a pretrial hearing that's going on on some of the evidence that was put into play yesterday. That was a little sneaky. It's it's funny to watch the watch the games that the attorneys play with each other to to try to get their bolster their case so what's happening is that this is the first week of the defense so last week the trial started on monday and it was the the plaintiffs presenting their case and it starts started with some home sellers i would imagine they were friends with some attorneys and probably went out for drinks and said we should sue next thing you know um it's turned into a class action lawsuit 
and it revolves around how realtors are compensated. So what what their claim is that it's an antitrust violation and that the whole real estate industry, the National Association of Realtors, about four or five different MLSs are all in cahoots or collusion <clears throat> with each other to um, basically price fix. Price fix commissions is kind of what the claim is. So um, they had on the stand uh, most of yesterday was the, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. He did an amazing job presenting the facts because there's a lot of just just craziness that's being put out there as truth that's not that's not the case so the facts are that the national association does not set commissions no one even talks about commissions it's a huge no-no and i've known this ever since i've been in the business if we're at any type of gathering where there are different companies in the same room the second anyone brings up commissions we're supposed to stop that meeting and get the heck out of there because you cannot discuss commissions amongst your competitors because they don't want the conversations being had that we should all stick to blank, you know? So that that's something that he did a really good job of, of dissecting how that's really not typically the case um, and that this is not a collusion or antitrust case whatsoever. It's a, it's a money grab. <clears throat> so if they were to win, and I've talked about this on the show before, they're looking to decouple the MLS with the National Associate. Well, they're not even associated with the National Associate. Our, our local boards are associated. So the boards, some of the boards own some of the MLSs, not all of them. So they're looking to decouple that and they're looking to decouple commission. So basically the way the commission works is that the listing agent has a commission set with their seller. Then the listing agent, in order to attract more buyers, has an offer of compensation to share their commission with any other realtors that happen to produce a buyer. So that way it's not just me running around trying to find the buyer for your house. They're trying to end that and say, hey, we don't wanna have to have that trickle down. You shouldn't have to share your commission. You should set your commission with the seller only, and then the buyer should have to pay their agent. If that happens, that will turn our industry on its ear. So that's what's at stake. That's why we happen to be in the area for something Steve's got going on with his um, VA loan program here. So I'm sitting in the courtroom and taking as many notes as I can to come back and report because shocking to me, most realtors don't even know this is going on. Oh my, I was going to ask you that, Kathy. I was like, is this something that the realtors even know about? Because it's, in my humble opinion it's not getting a lot of national attention. And when I went to study about it last week and then in show prep before today's show, I'm like, oh my God, there's like no news about this. No. Is that on purpose or is it just because of our society and it's because all attention's on the Middle East and immigration? Well, a lot of the very, very, very big brokerage companies, so Keller Williams, Anywhere, which is the parent company of used to be called um, Realogy, the parent company of Call Banker, Century 21, like all the big Sotheby's, all those. They're part of the case. Remax is part of the case. Berkshire Hathaway, Home Services of America, like all of the big guys are part of this case. It's my opinion. I can't say for a fact that I, I, I would not be surprised if a lot of realtors don't know about it because I don't think the, the brokerages want to scare 
the realtors because we've already had a crazy couple of years anyway. And there's already people dying on the vine. So when people start feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got to now figure out how to go collect money from a buyer up front to get paid for my services. F this industry, I'm out. <laughs> you know, yeah, wow. I think that's, that's a big reason why we're not hearing mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of the brokerages themselves really talking about it. Are you concerned? Are you afraid for what this could be for the industry right now after seeing where the, uh, the the jury trial is going? Last week, you told people who made up this jury, and the majority of the jury was made up of non-homeowners. Yeah, now we're down to seven. It has to be six in Missouri, which I didn't know that. I thought you, you always hear a jury of 12, right? In Missouri, it's six to 12. We're down to seven. They lost, they lost one of the females, so there's one female left, and then um, six. Please tell me she wasn't a homeowner. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Oh, wow. Only yeah. A couple homeowners and the other ones were not homeowners. So, was that on purpose that they picked renters as opposed to homeowners? Of course. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. You know, both sides have to agree on. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Selection. So Scott sure. Rosenblum tells me that's where the trials are won, selecting those juries. Uh huh. I'm sure. Absolutely. And uh, it's a lot of really, really high level um, explaining that's going on. So. And it's a long day. So I'm sitting there looking at those jurors going, man, they're probably zoning out at this point because it is a lot to understand how all of these things work together and and then what is the claim that's being made. So it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. Um, I don't think it's going to help the industry. I think they're going to have to come in and change some things if it does get passed to be able to allow for buyers to build those costs into their financing. Like right now it can be built in, it is built into your financing because it's in the cost of the house that you buy. So when you go purchase a house, you're not, you're not paying coming in, you're paying going out. So basically you kind of get a free ride for the most part. There might be some small fees, closing cost fees and things, um, you know, from your brokerage side going in. But for the most part, the commission is, is paid by the, the listing broker that listed that house. So I get paid when I go take a buyer in by that listing uh, broker. I don't get paid by the consumer that calls me to help them find a house. So imagine if <clears throat> that gets taken away. Now we're going to have to either, yeah, start being like, hey, you need to retain me. I need to start taking credit cards or something mm. to be able to start working with buyers because, you know, agents aren't going to go work for free either, nor should we have to. No. So, um, so I think that, you know, what the talk is, is hopefully that the lending side of things would be able to change some of their regulations to be able to include that as closing cost on top of the mortgage but that's not going to be an overnight thing and no one's even 100 percent sure that'll happen and then last night like we're here like i said with the va program va in particular is really really particular about not paying for any fees at all like there's like i said there's broker closing fees sometimes they won't cover that for the buyer whatsoever so the VA is a whole other animal of like, gosh, would VAs be at a disadvantage if, if they can't, because that's a zero down product. So if the buyers can't finance their commissions to be represented, there's going to be a bunch of people out there that are unrepresented trying to buy houses. Um, we had a question for you real quick, Kathy, because I know our time's limited. Sarah wants to know, does that mean that the fee won't be 6% anymore since the 6% used? or it used to be split between both agents? So that's a great question. And that's something that I was saying to some of my 
mates that were sitting next to me, I was like, you know what I feel like really hasn't been pushed in the trial and maybe it did and I missed it on a day I wasn't there. But that the assumption I think is that, but that's not necessarily the case because just like it is today, when you when you hire me, I don't know what other people charge who can't talk about rates. When you hire me, you hire me for a certain percentage to sell your house. If I if somebody else brings me a different buyer, then I am paying that person or the listing broker is paying that that agent. But if if I don't cooperate with another agent and I wait until I find a buyer that doesn't have an agent, I get to keep the whole thing. It doesn't automatically mean, oh, that that buyer doesn't have an agent. So therefore, you don't you don't pay the full amount. You hired me for the full amount. I'm getting the listing brokers getting that amount. So if there's another agent involved or not, I'm getting that amount. Now, then I decide if I'm sharing that with the other agent. That's what's at stake here. So could competition come in and drive commission rates down? Sure. Potentially, there's always an opportunity when something changes for somebody to come up with a model that that takes advantage. But it is not the assumption necessarily that if there's not an agent on the other side, that your rate goes down. That's not the way the listing agreements are written anyway. Uh, we've been talking. That with, sense? Yeah, yeah, we've been talking. Kathy Helbig Strict. Uh, 314-276-SOLD, 314-276-SOLD, Experience Realty Partners. Uh, if you have any questions, give her office a call. She will walk you through this just like she does on Wednesdays. No strings attached, but you're going to want to be with somebody you can mm -hmm. trust. And obviously, yeah. it's easier for me because I know Kathy and I've seen her help so many people. And that's why she comes here on Wednesdays and answers all questions when she can. Uh, I wanted to have, give you an opportunity to promote an event that you have coming up October 30th. We have a full screen of that so that people <laughs> understand what's going on. If you you do know that you have an event coming up, right? <laughs> I guess I, I was scrambling today to find the stuff. Um, so I actually have two events coming up. Okay. Uh, I think we've got a full screen of one, but just tell us it all yeah, at the I'll same point in time. <clears throat> so Monday night, uh, we're just doing, it's, it's uh, wind down and get the low down on. So wind down and get the low down on the real estate industry. If you want to know about our, our company, there's a lot of agents out there that are looking to move right now. You know, they're just looking for other alternatives to start their real estate career over again next year somewhere else. So we're having at my office, like a little open house wind down to talk about just the industry. If you're thinking about getting into the industry and you want to talk to me or Christy, I'm doing it in conjunction with Christy Weber. <clears throat> you're welcome to come at 530 at my office in Chesterfield Valley, which is 146 Chesterfield Valley Drive. And we'll talk about all things real estate and I'll dive into what the advantages are with EXP Realty. Actually, we have a a whole intranet now of on offline properties, off market properties that EXP just launched. So that's oh, a real big that's thing. That's good to know. Yeah, hey. so we can talk about that. And then on the second, I am doing in conjunction with Michelle Sloan and First uh, Choice Real Estate School. I'm actually hosting, she's here at the trial also. And she, if anybody in the real estate industry knows who Michelle Sloan is, She's amazing, super knowledgeable. She has the most fun CEs ever. <clears throat> so she's going to come hold a continuing education at my office from one to four on the second. And we're going to talk about the antitrust and buyer agency and what's going to what the future could look like for real estate. And you'll get CE credit for it. So those are the two events coming up next week. Okay, two quick questions. You yeah. do list houses by House Springs, correct? 
Uh, yes. Of course. So J.M. Grigsby, 314-276-SOLD. 314-276-SOLD. Give Kathy or team a call. Let them know you heard about her on Cancel This and that she told you you could do that out there. And real quick, too, are there still first-time homebuyer incentives? Yes, there's some low down payment and all these bonds and things like that that are available for first-time buyers. So reach out and then we'll get you connected with our loan team and they can tell you about all of the the stuff that's available for first-time mm -hmm. buyers and what programs are out there for the lowest amount down. Uh, and lots Kathy, of compliments. Yes, and, and one more thing. So if Vic is telling people that, yeah, go take the money from BlackRock. I am. I, okay, you still should call Kathy anyway because she could still be yeah. your realtor in that. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I can be your. I can facilitate that because it is a little bit of a pain so, and it doesn't. Cost I can't piss, imagine. I'm pissing people off. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, That's just what Vic does. For, for us to facilitate it for you, and then we have a few more advantages because we are a partner. Yeah. With them, they like working with us because we make it easy. Then um, you guys benefit too. But also, you know, get a market analysis by us. Let us tell you if we think we can get more for you on the open market. All right, Good Kathy, I like. You have a new hairstyle, don't you, Kathy? Is um, that new? You know, it's growing out. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks good. There you go. People keep telling me I look like Sandra Bullock. You do. you do. You do. You do. <laughs> I never I thought about that, but you do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I want to make sure Kathy says do not sell people, and she's been saying it all day. So. Well, she, well, she was saying just don't sell to BlackRock. <laughs> to BlackRock. That's yeah. what she was saying. You can still call Kathy. Yeah, Kathy, ever, go, when you get a chance, you <laughs> yeah, go back, Kathy take a look at the compliments. <laughs> Lots of compliments to you and Steve for coming on here on Wednesday. People love you, and they gain so much knowledge with you. Uh, keep us posted on what's happening with the real estate uh, trial that's going on in Kansas City, okay? Heading to court right now. All right. Can't get, wait to hear about it. Hey, if this real estate thing and new age doesn't work out, you know, we could get you a job with a real estate TV. Really? Yeah, for sure. Real estate TV. <laughs> they started court TV. Got yeah. Real estate TV. Mm -hmm. Kathy Hilbig Trick, live on location, giving us the update. Right. All right. Bye, Kathy. Have a great day. 314-276-SOLD. 314-276-SOLD. Um, she is the best. She I really mean, is. She really, I mean, uh, and she proves it every she, Wednesday. She's got my husband wanting to get back into real estate, well, even in this that? because he was a real estate agent for years and years Give and her, years. They've... Give him a call. Well, he, I think he's going to be going to that October 30th meeting. Okay, really there serious. you go. Hey, there this is cancelthiscancelthisshow.com. Wednesdays get packed, especially today, because of what's happening in Israel, what's happening uh, with the Republicans trying to elect a speaker. We talked about Bud Light signing up with the UFC. Damn good move from their standpoint. We'll get into all of that. A superintendent in New Jersey has canceled Halloween. We're going to get into that because of DEI issues. <laughs> it's... It's bonkers, and that's why we do the show, canceltheshow.com. We get into the topics and the information and break it down like you don't get anywhere else. One of those topics we jumped into a couple weeks ago were psychedelic uh, drugs in the state of Missouri, mushrooms. Um, Joe had some experience with it. I think we all learned a lot when we had that. Um, we've also got – even Dampy is joining us now um, – to talk about this whole situation in Missouri. He's a lobbyist. Um, you are definitely for this. We appreciate you uh, reaching out. We wanted to give you a few minutes to talk about what's going on with this topic because not a lot of people talk about it. We get headlines here and there, and we're like, that's why we jumped in on this a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, and we were all fascinated by the possibility. So if you could introduce yourself uh, to our audience. Yeah, so uh, um, I'm the lead organizer of Psychedelic Missouri. Um I uh, became a lobbyist actually about eight years ago 
Um, and kind of the story be there was um, the, uh, you know, I, I've been working on, for this, I was working on uh, marijuana and hemp uh, policy for a long time. And I thought the groups that were doing the ballot initiatives on this were really corrupt. Um, and, uh, you know, and you kind of see that right now because in the marijuana industry, you know, there's like five companies that control like 80% of the market. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to go uh, in a different direction on that because I'm a free market guy. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, there is a uh, really a, a big emerging issue with uh, psychedelic medicine, natural plant medicine. Um you're, you know, back in the 70s and uh, 80s, uh, they moved uh, psilocybin mushrooms and a variety of other psychedelic drugs into Schedule 1, which uh, is the designation for drugs that have no medical value and uh, high potential for abuse. Um, now, we're realizing, thanks to a lot of clinical research, that uh, there's a... Uh, a lot of value, a lot of medical value to these uh, to these uh, alternatives. Um, uh, psychedelics seem to have like enormous therapeutic benefit for things like depression, things like um, traumatic brain injury, uh, su suicidal ideation, even addiction. Um, so you're kind of seeing a, a a movement around the country to you know. Uh, return to these more natural alternatives. Uh, they have high rates of efficacy. They have, uh, by and large, are non-toxic. Uh, there, are, there are risks. Um, I see someone in the comments here uh, mentioned uh, that there was a, that that Alaskan Airlines pilot who's uh, who's supposedly on mushrooms. Um, but uh, I think that headline's going around, and uh, obviously that's of concern. But it it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, uh, psilocybin mushrooms are out of your system in six, maybe eight hours, uh, two oh. days after the fact. Um, I mean, the you know psilocybin metabolizes in your system very fast. Um, you know, and uh, the more interesting thing I read about that case is this guy was apparently up, uh, hadn't slept in like two days. That tells me something else was probably going on. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. There's more to it. It's well. Yeah. There's another drug that's in a system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, psilocybin doesn't create depression. It, it alleviates depression. I see that there's a commenter here, kind of uh, tr trying to make that point. Um, the uh, FDA will probably approve psilocybin for major as a uh, treatment for major depression here in the next couple couple days, or not couple not couple days, couple years. Um, and, uh, you know, that, and that's based on extensive clinical research. In fact, in 2018, um, the FDA uh, gave breakthrough drug status to uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms as a, as a treatment for, bre for breakthrough depression. Now, they uh, said earlier this year they may wait till 2007 or 2027 to uh, approve this and move it to a lower schedule. Um, which to me, you know, that's a nine-year time period, um, which is crazy to me when we know that this alternative can save lives. Um, so one of the things that we're kind of working on here is we've got to look at changes to federal law. It shouldn't take 
nine years between a breakthrough therapy designation and uh, regulatory approval. That, that to me, that's insane. You know, we've had, you know, and, and that that idea for us kind of comes out of the right to try movement. You know, which was uh, Goldwater Institute uh, idea twenty years ago. Um, but you have Americans, um, in this case, mostly military veterans who are leaving the United States to go to Mexico, South America for these. So, what years. is your goal with this? Even in the state of Missouri. So um, this year we got legislation out of the Missouri House of Representatives Veterans Committee um, unanimously um, to allow for access to naturalistic psilocybin. Um, and part of our concern there is, uh, is that uh, we are seeing big pharmaceutical companies come in. Uh, psilocybin is a good example. So uh, there's a company that has patented a synthesis process for making a synthetic psilocybin, right? Now, we can't necessarily do anything about that, but why does a pharmaceutical con company get to put a patent on something um, and control it as a, as a medicine when, you know, it's something that God gave to mankind, grows naturally in all manner of environments, um, is kind of our idea, right? It's a natural plant medicine. It shouldn't be uh, exclusively the province or the uh, or the domain of big pharmaceutical companies. Uh, Ethan, uh, you're a lobbyist in the state of Missouri. You're trying to uh, get this legalized in the state of Missouri. You gave us the reasons why from the standpoint. You've given us ideas on how it can help people, how it is helping people. Uh, is there anything that you haven't focused on that you think some, that, that Missourians should take away from hearing you talk just for a few minutes this morning? Um, at least, I mean, our show's national, but for the people, at least in Missouri, that you're working for right now? Yeah, so these are tremendous, tremendously valuable therapies. And, and we have a suicide and a mental health and an addiction crisis in many areas of our society right now. Uh, kind of the leaders in this movement are groups in the veteran space. Um, you know, the VA and the federal government have failed our veterans in terms of, you know, if you have PTSD or if you have a wartime trauma, they just shovel pharmaceutical pills at you and that, that don't really solve the problem and probably create more problems. Um, but it's also first responders. We have suicide crisis there. Um, you know, probably the most interesting thing about the potential of psychedelic medicine is uh, that these drugs may be, um, uh, you know, enormously valuable for addiction therapy. So right now there is clinical research in Wisconsin, for example, as a uh, uh, for psilocybin as an exit drug for opiate or, or methamphetamine uh, addiction. Uh, probably the most common thing I hear about psilocybin just from ordinary people is that, you know, I ate all these mushrooms and uh, I haven't drank alcohol in six months. Um, so what's going on there is, uh, you know, psilocybin and other psychedelics uh, promote neurogenesis and neuroplasticity in the brain. So your brain is able to grow new cells or repair damaged ones. That's a key part of what's going on. The second thing is uh, with neuroplasticity, you know, um, especially with things like addiction, it's like your brain is in a rut. You're stuck in this one pathway. And uh, the psychedelic may be a tool for you to get exit that rut, get out of that rut and uh, choose a new direction. Um, so, uh, you know, there's one psychedelic in particular that is getting a lot of attention in Kentucky. 
that completely, it's called Ibogaine, it completely blocks the opiate withdrawal effect. So people get off of opiates without withdrawal, which is extraordinary. Yeah, that's um, rare. Yeah, it's, it's unheard of. Yeah, that is unheard uh, of. But we, we, we've known about the existence of this therapy for 60 years. And, uh, you know, this Ibogaine therapy does have some significant risks. But, you know, if you think about the opiate crisis, um, I mean, I mean the, there's not been one policy intervention in my lifetime that has helped that. Right? Exactly. I see a commenter here uh, was, like, uh, talking about, you know, oh, well, you know, poppies can be helpful for pain. That doesn't mean that opium should be legal. Well, we have fentanyl that's legal. We have morphine that's legal. We have all manner of opiate pharmaceuticals that, that are As legal. As a matter of fact, those are all the reasons why they won't uh, legalize uh, 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 psilocybin is because those things are selling a lot. Right. It, it might yeah. be battle big pharma, everything else you can possibly do from that standpoint. Uh, how can people learn more uh, about what you have uh, going on, uh, Ethan? So we were in St. Louis this past Saturday with uh, the Grunt Style Foundation and the Humble Warrior Wellness Center for a conference event. Uh, we're in Kansas City this weekend for the uh, kind of same event on this side of the state. And you can find uh, more information and all that at psychedelicmissouri.com. All right. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, keep in touch with us from that standpoint as we uh, all learn uh, more about this and where we see where it goes in the state of Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, right. Ethan. Have a good yeah, day. Yeah. All right. Canceltheshow.com. Once again, canceltheshow.com, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central and all the time. On our website, canceltheshow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks and Pro Joe. Uh, by the way, you can also check out our merchandise on our site. Um, You'll see that you can buy hats, shirts, cups of all kinds. Also, you can donate to the show if you uh, appreciate what we're doing. Uh, this isn't free. It's very expensive what we do. And we continue to try to do more of what we can on a daily basis, bringing you the stories that you're just not going to hear anywhere else, getting in-depth with these stories and finding out what we possibly can. Um, we do talk about cancel culture stories, and we talked about Bud Light earlier, uh, maybe trying to come back from the abyss of mm -hmm. <laughs> cancelization, signing a deal with uh, the UFC. How about this? Halloween's around the corner next Tuesday, and there's a school district in New Jersey that has canceled Halloween. The superintendent for South Orange Maplewood School District, if anybody knows the school district, superintendent literally sent a school, he sent a letter to parents uh, announcing that the Halloween celebrations uh, that they normally have at the school district um, were being um, canceled. Uh, he said that it would violate the dignity of some of the students and families, either culturally or religiously. The cancellation of the holiday, of course, was then bashed by the Democratic governor. It's very interesting when you look at this. Governor mm -hmm. Phil Murphy, he came out and was totally against us. His, his tweet was, seriously? With a question mark. We can't let kids celebrate Halloween? Give me a break. Um, when asked for a response to the governor's condemnation of it, the district then defended the move by saying that a survey of principals, the school district said that an, a survey of principals showed support for the superintendent's move and that it was a vital step for the school's equity values. Mm. I'm trying to understand this. 
the equity values. I guess because some kids can't afford a costume. I, I, I don't is know. He, he went on to say, quote, all of us realize that this breaks with what the district has usually done. And that can be a difficult thing to do sometimes. Um, he says, often working to instill greater equity in our district begins with recognizing that we cannot do what we have always done. Mm-hmm. But with this decision, we are taking a step closer to upholding our community access and equity values. Tara says Murphy needs to shut his filthy mouth. The Mur- guy who masked kids for two years. Governor. So you agree. So the governor, the Democratic governor who did mask kids, um, is against the superintendent because the superintendent says we need to cancel Halloween. The governor says we need Got to it. keep Halloween. Got it. Okay. Halloween has been, and I touched on it a little bit earlier, is has been under attack for, I would say, 35 years. As a kid, I never heard anyone arguing over Halloween. Do you need to give your disclaimer that it's like your second favorite holiday? Yeah, I love <laughs> Halloween. I love it so much. But I mean, it, and I know people say it's a pagan holiday or it's Satan's birthday. And I remember the first time I heard it, it was when my son was like in kindergarten and all of a sudden Francis Howell started calling it a fall holiday and couldn't have any of like the ghosts and the witches and all of that. And at that point, when I heard it was because it was the devil's birthday is what I heard. I literally looked in the Bible and I really love scripture and I couldn't find that Halloween was his direct birthday. Because if it said that right in the Bible, okay, I love Halloween, but maybe I won't celebrate it. I understand the origins are paganism. I understand that Catholics have a different version of that too. But as an early childhood educator, I think little kids and their little princess and their little Power Rangers things going door to door and getting some candy is really a cute, fun thing. So all this fighting over all this, and it's been going on for 35 years. Now it's the Democrats that are taking it and saying, you can't have it because it's, well, it's not one. fair. Okay, it one. was what well, we, th- we don't know if the superintendent is liberal or not when he's bringing up equity probably but the democratic governor isn't for it either right right i mean it's it's but when i had seen it was years ago was and i don't I, i don't know if this is the right word but the ultra religious and i'm not saying necessarily a christ follower but the ultra religious were like your kids can't have it I don't want you to have it, so you can't have it. And that started 35 years ago. And then now, I mean, everybody's fighting over everything. It's like, you know, damn it, just let these little kids and their cute little princess Consum get some candy. That's really all little kids think it is. They don't, they are only going to take it into the devil's day if you tell them so. If not, most kids just think it's getting some candy and dressing up as somebody that they're not. And it's the one time in life dressing you up as something. You don't see it as a as a situation of the devil is in the details. It can be if you put the devil in the details. And and there are some people that can take it to a very dark place. But they can take the other 300 and you know days a year and take any day into a really dark place some people say christmas is a really dark thing because a christmas tree is even paganism it's all in your own mindset and where you are with god and where you are if i i've sent my kids to christian schools i am a christ believer but i also believe in childhood is only a very short time let your kid dress like a princess and go get some candy and it's the one time in 
your neighborhood that people that you maybe don't even talk to the rest of the year, except for maybe in a summer thing that you can go door to door and say hi to people. And, you know, and I mean, this might really bother some religious people, but, you know, for years we've gone with a cooler with beer in behind it and pass it out to parents. And when people come to our door, you can have a wine cooler and a hot dog. So, I mean, it's, the devil is in any detail you want to put him because the devil is real. The devil is satanic. He is awful. But I don't think a little kid getting some candy and and coloring a picture of a ghost is going to make Satan take a stronghold of you. I I think there's other issues that Satan takes a stronghold over you. Well, it's it's I've never heard of this happening before. Yeah, I've, I've heard it for years. No, that a school district is canceled. I've yeah. never heard of a school district canceling Halloween over DEI issues. Well, not DEI, not DEI. My it, it, Halloween was No, canceled. it was other. This one, yes. the DEI issue really yeah, that's was new. fascinating to me, which is why I was bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you have that going on. Any, we'll, we'll see if any more, if it, it, it's, it looks like it's staying. So uh, they're, if they change, we'll let you know. And of course, and if anything else happens, we'll certainly keep you updated with that. A couple of the big headlines. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about business and entrepreneurship with the owner of Route 66 uh, in about 10 minutes. But uh, I did find this fascinating. It came out this morning. Why is Governor Newsom from California meeting with uh, President Xi of China? He met with him in Beijing. Now, I, I get it. There's going to be the, you know, the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Conference that's coming up in San Francisco next month. President Biden may or may not go to that and meet with G. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants to meet with G. And in a matter of a month, Newsom has now met with Benjamin Netanyahu and G of China. That's more than who Biden has met with. Yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Just think about that. Yep. Newsom is no authority on foreign affairs. He never had he he doesn't even know his California affairs. Why is he doing this? Why is he being put in a and you have to get permission to do this stuff? Correct. The Democratic Party is giving him that opportunity. You don't just go say, I'm going to meet with G, I'm going to meet with Ben, not you, not Netanyahu. It's another one of Obama's puppets. That that's what this is. It's that's real clear to just me. Just be aware. We try to educate you on these subjects, which is what we do every single day. Be aware. And you guys help us. And that's why we love you guys jumping into the show. That's why we ask you to like, subscribe, share the show. Uh, You can send us star money to support us as well. Um, Think about all of these things that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't for a second. I mean, once again, we we hit you with facts. We don't want it to ruin your life, but be aware. Just be aware of the things that are happening. Correct. Uh, Jeannie says that's their next president. Mm -hmm. Joe says China is setting up their next inside man in the White House, which is a scary thought. You just gave me chills because they have one right now with Biden. If they get in with Newsom, it's the same situation. Mm -hmm. Do they know something that we don't know? I still, I mean, you have... I don't know if it's going to mean anything with the election case in Georgia, but you have attorney after attorney and person after person that was charged in those cases in Georgia flipping right now, all of them flipping, and they're being given immunity as long as they testify against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Will it mean, I mean, all of these people are now flipping, 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 flipping. Yeah. Um, Ellis, the attorney yesterday, um, there's a lot of these things that are happening. Uh, Donna says Pelosi in the wings. Um, we know that these people don't want to give up any power because when you are in these positions of power from a political standpoint, you make a ton of money. 
Correct. Ask Pelosi. Why do you think they don't want term limits? Why do you think Biden stayed the entire time that he did? Why do you think the arrogance of Obama can't get away from it? They want Mitch McConnell refuses to leave. Why? Because there's power. There's money with these situations that are going on. Don't get caught in all of the other crap that's going on. Another big deal right now that's happening is, of course, the Republicans now bringing up a fourth possible speaker. Mm -hmm. That is Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana. I don't know a lot about him. I'm starting to learn a little bit more. My first question was, okay, is he associated with the Freedom Caucus? Yeah, the Freedom Caucus loves him. Mm -hmm. And that is good then. So I don't know much about him either. But when I researched him a little bit, he would be better than McCarthy for sure. And there again, I don't know if he would be as good as Jim Jordan, just because I don't know as much about him. But I think he's a better choice than McCarthy would have been. So let's hope this this goes through and we can move on. Well, the Republicans, I mean, what we're seeing now for the first time, we see um, we see some sort of solidarity. Um, we see that they appear to at least be in front of the cameras all on board for him. And he has come out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Earlier, Glenn Thompson told us that he thinks Gates looks like a genius now Uh if they bring him through. Correct. um, And if he is allowed, which would be certainly interesting. Um, I do believe he is one of the I do believe he said that he would release all footage of January 6th as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That all of a sudden became a massive issue because Kevin McCarthy said he would do it. And then and then he never did. He didn't do it. He just said, listen, we've got more pressing issues right now. He's like, we're we're on the cusp of World War Four. We've got China issues. We've got immigration. I don't want his whole excuse or reason mm-hmm. for not bringing it up was we got that was in the, we got we got to move forward. Yeah, and that pissed a lot of people. It off did because J six is still a very real problem. Not only are there hundreds of people's lives that are still ruined, and those that weren't uh, that are even out of jail, their lives are so, are just so hard to rebuild. But here is even a bigger issue: if they ignore that, we are never free. That we are never free to speak the way we want to speak because then we'll be put in jail. Nothing's going to happen, though, Lizzie. I, I don't disagree with you that nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change on what has happened to these people, and Correct. it sucks. It does suck. It does suck. But we can't let it happen again. We can't. Now, do I think it will? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. I wish I was completely wrong about that, but it will happen again. But people have got to stand up. And right now, there's just too many. And we already can see this. We've been talking about it. But, you know, with them electing other people, I hope it's Johnson, because there's just so many rhinos up there. We, we've said that over and over. The Republicans are not our friends. We already know the Democrats are not our friends and the Republicans are not our friends. And so who do we have? I mean, we, we don't have anyone. So J6 is a real problem. And Matt Gates did stand but, up about but it. But I do hear a lot of people thinking this is just a mediocre decision. I mean, a lot of comments from mm-hmm, polit- it's mm-hmm. like this is like a whole hum thing. It's like, Correct. oh, God, the Republicans screwed up. They made it so bad that now we'll take anything just to end the mess. Yeah. Well, that the wrong. whole situation was dumbed down with uh mike johnson Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that was and it's very interesting um because um when asked he was asked by a reporter why he helped lead efforts to overturn the 2020 election um led by mike johnson Mm -hmm. he told the reporter um to shut up mike johnson mike mike johnson he's like shut up shut up oh when he was leading efforts to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it is interesting. He's the fourth guy. I mean, it looks like they're going to to kind of push through. Uh, Johnson also said that democracy is messy sometimes, but it's in our system. This conference that you see, the House Republican majority, is united. So it looks like he's going to get voted in tonight as the fourth as the the speaker of the house to replace kevin mccarthy Mm -hmm. and kevin mccarthy backs him not that it matters but kevin mccarthy backs him well i guess that's good i guess that's good not that we like kevin mccarthy but we need someone to back him we need more votes obviously so i don't know i i hope it's over i i wish there was a better choice than him but but i still think he's better than mccarthy uh he's a member of the house judiciary and armed services committees right now he also serves as a chairman of the subcommittee of the constitution and limited government and as i was saying just to remind people give a little backdrop of who he is in 2020 johnson signed an amicus brief alongside over 100 house republicans supporting a texas lawsuit that did aim to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So if that's kind of where he is, I know a bunch of people may like him. Will he be a middle-of-the-road guy? I don't know. Um, I know <laughs> a lot of people who love Matt Gates wanted a, a, a guy like Byron Donaldson, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see where that vote is. The vote's supposed to take place a little bit later today. Um, you know, I... I I don't know where it's going from that standpoint. There's a lot that's going on. Um, I just know that um, there were, I know that people like to call rhinos that were being nominated to, and they weren't passing. So is Mike Johnson the guy that's going to finally break the mold yeah. coming up later today? Yeah, we'll see. It would be interesting because he doesn't appear to be a, quote, rhino. But I find it interesting that when a reporter asked him that question about the 2020 election, why he was leading an overthrow uh, of those votes. And he told him to shut up. He said, shut up, shut up. Well, maybe he, he didn't. Knew that he reporter. didn't. He didn't back. He didn't back what he did in 2020 because he's trying to move on from it. Well, that's sad. I hope he does. Joe says McCarthy backing him tells me plenty. Yeah, it it does. It does. But we hope and I don't disagree with Joe on that, because if he backs him, that's a problem. But you've got to have the vote. So hoping that more people do back him because we don't want somebody like McCarthy. We don't because Johnson is definitely more conservative than McCarthy. And I will still continue to say the Speaker of the House does not have as much power in the Republican Party as we may think that it may have. Yeah, that's true. This isn't true. Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans got to change. And until we get somebody who's a hardcore charger, I'm not sure Mike Johnson is that guy. Yeah. Time will tell if he's voted in, but we'll find out a little bit later today. Um, maybe he's just trying to get this done for the Republicans. That coming f- as well. And James Grigsby says, Johnson is a single bill guy. He also led the Republicans in prayer at the end of the meeting last night. And so. a single bill guy is a very good thing instead of trying to package all these things with Ukraine and everything. So that's a good point that she made about that. Uh, this is Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central and all the time on our website. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't bring a water and This is what happens when you talk for two hours. Mm-hmm. CancelThisShow.com. <clears throat> um, every Wednesday, we have our Weed Wednesday segment. 
We check in with the owner of Route 66 Cannabis, Ostera Products, our good friend Ham, Hamid Hamram. He joins us this morning. You are live in Miami. I can see the sun shining through, my friend. Uh, yeah, good for you. Business or pleasure or both in Miami this morning, my friend? A little bit of both. Good morning. A uh, little business, a uh, little pleasure. Just need a, you know, a few days off. Um, there's a lot of opportunity down in Florida, too. It's you know The cannabis market is growing at a very rapid rate. But the sunshine feels great, too. Yeah, so. no, yeah, no doubt about that. Well, we miss you. We'd love you in studios. We bring you in to talk about the products um, that you offer, uh, the hundreds of products that you do with cannabis from that standpoint. I found it interesting, too, because a lot of times we try to educate our audience and listeners and give them an inside look. Oh, thank you, Joey. Went and got me a water. Um, you have – and you're not an old guy. You're still young. I am old. <laughs> no, you're not. You've experienced a lot. You've had a ton of success when it comes to business. You've talked about the mortgage uh, success that you've had in the past and the super success that Route 66 is showing. Everybody talks about being a business owner at one point. I mean, many people do business, entrepreneurship. You've chosen that road. We thought it'd be interesting for you to give some some insight into what has been working for you, what hasn't, wherever you want to take that this morning on top of talking about uh, Route 66 and uh, the people's opportunity to buy those products. No, I, I appreciate the question. You know, I'll start with you know, on Route 66, we had our grand opening in De Pere, and I can't thank you guys enough for talking about us and everyone else and out in public that promoted us. We had a very successful official grand opening on Saturday and Sunday. Um, but, you know, when you take a few minutes to reflect back, I think people think business is so easy to start, right? And it's not. But I don't want anyone to ever be discouraged. So what someone sees today or where we're at or where I'm at personally is because of how many times I failed. I probably have failed 50, 60 different times. And some of those failures actually hurt me really bad financially, mm -hmm. right? Almost to the point of breaking me. Um, but you can't give up. If, if you have a vision and a dream, you gotta stick with it. And that's where entrepreneurship gets a little sticky because people think, okay, I'm gonna open up like a cake pop or a bakery or a car wash and it doesn't go according to plan. They're not cash flowing immediately and they're discouraged. And um, that's not really the way to look at it. And that was a really good thing that you said. You know, today, the best thing we can do for our children and our friends, instead of teaching them how always to be successful, to teach them how to respond when they do fail or they're not successful. And you are a person that's proving that, that you, you weren't successful in something, but you have to deal with it in a manner. If you just lay in your bed and cry, you're, that's what you're going to get. So you have to yeah. you have to get back up. And Lizzie was a successful business owner. I, I did, but I had a lot of failures in there. I owned uh, multiple childcare centers for twenty six years, but we had a lot of wow. failures in there. We had you know some schools that were better than others, some staff that was better than others. We've owned other companies. We've owned a restaurant. We've owned a body shop, and some things were good, and some things weren't. And when they were not good, you you, you didn't like it, and and you can cry for a day or two, but then you got to get back up. And every failure, a lot of times. And I know this is cliche, but you learn more from a failure. And so when you, you are a success, you're a, busy, a bigger success than you were before. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And what I've learned in business, it's, it's, okay, it's okay to cry, right? It uh, is. You know, you're you're going to cry. Okay to, it's okay to reflect. And it is tough. And um, it's challenging. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. 
everything that where I'm at today, it's honestly because of all the times I failed. And those failures were hard. And when I say hard, like it's mentally hard. Like being an entrepreneur is very mental, right? Yes. And, um, you know, unless like you're in the business of like lifting weights or moving weights around, you know, something with, you know, using your physical body, um, which is also hard, it's very challenging mentally to be able to put on a smile and pretend like everything is okay mm -hmm. when a lot of times it's not. Correct. Ham, what kind of advice would you give to people right now if, uh, and I don't care what age they may be, um, if they want to start something, if you want to start some sort of business, entrepreneurship, try to work for yourself? You know, the best advice I can give anyone right now is find someone that's successful in business and ask if you can shadow them. And don't ask for a monetary piece, right? Like, I, I know it sounds cliche, but be an intern, right? Mm -hmm. Or just volunteer your time. I wish I would have done that in the beginning, right? Uh, because I would have saved myself a lot of mistakes. And today, people that reach out to me, especially like the younger people that reach out and say, can you help me a little bit? And I tell them things, it's because of what I've gone through, right? It's not because I'm just making up stuff. So I would, I would say follow someone, shadow someone in the beginning, study it, don't rush into a business. Um, we've all been sitting around you know, with friends and we say, oh, I've got this idea. And of course, at the moment, everyone says, that's a great idea and everybody would show up and buy from you. Right. But then the reality is they don't. They don't. There's a lot, more, there's a lot more to it. Right. I, I mm -hmm. talk about this business every day. And to this day, believe it or not, I still get people that say, I had no idea you on Route 66 or I had no idea you guys were open. I'm like, wow, <laughs> like I can't be any more visible. And Ham, they still don't know. <laughs> Ham, I still have people go, man, do you have a show? Mm -hmm. You mean yeah. you cancel? How do I find you? And I'm like, Alex, I'm talking to our marketing team. I'm like, nobody in St. Louis even knows we're out there. And we've got these great numbers. And our, our numbers are sky high, and they continue to go higher. And I'm like, but it just seems like people keep saying, oh, I didn't even know you had a show. Yeah, and I understand the business owners maybe are not able to watch it as much as someone that maybe does a different t sort of a job, so they're not tuning in. But you have you just have to get the word out there because if you have a good product, which you do, and we think our show's a good product, you just gotta you, you gotta keep it up, even though you think everybody should know by now, they just don't. So you gotta keep telling them and keep telling them and keep telling them. It's a lot of shaking hands and kissing babies, and you have to be visible as an owner. Mm -hmm. um, it, you can't just say, I own something, and then go out and do your life and think people are going to show up. You have to be visible. It totally makes sense. We're talking uh, with Hamid Hamrahi. is the owner of Route 66 Cannabis. They've got five locations throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area. Key there is, is the fact that... Um, Ham has talked to us about owning different businesses, all of the failures, because you said you've had many more failures than you've had successes. But your successes have been so big that it has allowed you to continue to do what you're doing. I, I, I'm assuming that what I say is correct, right? Correct. And for anyone out there listening that's looking to start a business, just remember it only takes one time for that business to hit for you to be successful, right? So if you fail five times mm -hmm. and you get back up and that one time it hits, it's all you need is that one hit. Right. I, I'll give you an example, man. Way back in the day, my early 20s, I invested in a music studio. Now, what the heck do I know about music studios? Was it in the St. Louis music? area? It was in the St. Louis <clears throat> area. I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought it was cool because I was going to get all these people to come use the studio. Well, that studio didn't make it six months. Right. I invested with some other people and I went back and I think I lost maybe 30 grand in that business. And I was like, what was I thinking? 
right? <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Because it was one of those late nights. Oh, let's build the music studio. People are going to come and use us. No, right? But it's those moments that you reflect back and you say, what could I have done different? What questions could mm-hmm. I have asked? Who could I have shadowed? Yeah, that, that's really good points because a lot of people want to be business owners and they just, you know, are sitting around drinking a beer with a friend or you have a dream or whatever and you wake up and you're like, that sounds really great. But that is such a good point you're making. Shadow, ask questions, be present because it may be a good idea, but you can't implement it either because you can't do it yourself because you have to a lot of times be able to do the business that you're in yourself. And if you can't, you know, I always say, I would love, love to own a hair salon because I just like good hair, but I can't do my own hair. That's why I have to go to the salon. So if my, so if a, you know, a beautician didn't show up, I can't do anybody's hair. So it's probably not a good business for me to get into. No, I, I agree. And you know, in 2023, we have access to everything, right? I mean, like just you get on Google or any other site, uh, social media. We didn't have that back in the day. And I always say back in the day because I just I throw myself, you know, back into the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. Yeah, back in you the day. You didn't have that. Yeah, you didn't have the access we have today. So if you're going to start a business today, man, you have so much opportunity to do your homework ahead of time, mm-hmm. right? It's different than before, you know, Google, if you think about it, or the internet, right? So there's just there's so much more opportunity for you to observe. And and what's really interesting is watching like these young kids growing up that are like YouTubers and TikTokers. And I know some of that stuff sounds silly, but they're making a lot of money because they found their niche. Mm-hmm. Like like I've seen this one kid, I don't know his name. I think he's twelve years old and he's making like ten million dollars a year. And all he does wow. is do toy reviews. He plays with toys, mm-hmm. does a toy review as a kid, and his parents are monitoring it, and that's it. It's unbelievable. Holy moly. Wow. That is amazing. I could do a review. <laughs> Ham, I saw a report two weeks ago that said most businesses fail because they don't have enough business capital. Is that correct, do you think, in your experience? 100% To get through the time? Because when I started this business, I had no business capital. And it, and it was a struggle and we spend a lot of money to make this go, but you got to have money to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I just like, ding, 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 ding. I was like all over the place. Yeah. That rang true for me, but you've seen that as well, I guess. Having capital is a huge, huge uh, factor. And the other thing is a lot of business owners, I mean, if anyone, you, you viewers or yourselves watch Shark Tank and they go on there and they're asking for a percentage, right? To be, to sell their business and partner up with the shark. One of the most common questions those sharks ask is, well, what do you need the money for, right? And when the entrepreneur says, well, 50,000 of it is for the business and 100,000 of it is for my salary so I can keep the business going. Wrong answer, right? That's like how you get kicked off the show. If you're going to build a business, you pay yourself last. You don't pay yourself first. And that's, that's really the key to building a business. And that's the biggest demise of what people do. They think that mm-hmm. they can come in and make a salary right away. I know when we started our child care center, the first one, I was 25 years old. And we did plan a little, like we sold our bigger house, bought a littler house. My husband had to get a different job. So we set it up that I wouldn't make any money out of that business for at least two years. And if I made it earlier, great. If I didn't, and then we just chose 
chose for me not to take it for a little while, even longer, so that I could get bigger playground equipment and another school. And then all of a sudden, it just took off. But the sacrifices we had to make at the beginning was have capital to go into it, put money into it, and take zero money out of it. And, and is that what you would see about that too? Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And the younger entrepreneurs that I see, you know, that come up to me and ask me questions, and I'm talking people that are in their 20s. I see them out. I see them at Starbucks. They're always at restaurants, but they mm -hmm. want to start a business. And I'm like, listen, that's great, but you're going to have to cut all that out. Oh, like, you're going to have to oh, go in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's okay to live at home and you're in your 20s. I'm sorry, but it is. It because is. if you're going to start a business and you're not married and it's like your first gig, stay at home. Save some money. Don't go to Starbucks. People don't understand. And I'm not here to say anything bad against Starbucks. Starbucks is a luxury item in my view, right? Correct. It's not a necessity, right? You can get coffee at home. But, you know, five, six bucks a day times 30, time, 30 days, you know, in a, in a month, it adds up. Uh, going out, having cocktails adds up. If you want to start a business, I know it sucks, but you're going to have to hide yourself financially yeah. from those luxury items yeah. to build your business. But I see it all the time. People are on Instagram. They put entrepreneur on their on their uh, title. And they're always out. And then you ask them, what's their business? And they're like, I just promote things. You make no money. Like, what do you promote, right? So A marketer, it's, <laughs> I yeah. guess. Like, yeah. like, what do you, so I just don't like when people use that word entrepreneur, but then they're mm -hmm. not really entrepreneurs, right? Right. Entrepreneurship means to me, you have, you have to suffer a little bit. You have to put yourself in an uncomfortable stage yeah. for you to grow. Yeah. Ham, could you share a little bit about how you got involved with Route 66 and some seeds that you planted years ago that are helping you today? Because I think that's also an example of how you have to have some foresight. You know, it's an interesting story. So in 2008, you know, I was working, uh, I won't name the bank, but I was working at a, a really nice bank and I was running the sports division because that was my background. I was doing financing for athletes and I was a loan officer and I had a really big position there. Well, as we know, 2008, 2009 market with the mortgage industry, it started to crash. So right before Thanksgiving, I lost my job. Um, the industry just went to the cracker, right? And that was that aha moment after I reflected for two weeks that I was never going to put myself in a position where I only had one source of income coming in and mm -hmm. I had to start all over, right? Again, a mistake that happened, a, yeah. a, a life moment for me where I learned. So when I got back and I started to build a mortgage company, and that was tough, those two years, I mean, I remember in 2009, when I took my tax returns, I made $19,000. $19,000 and you have, you know, a family of four, right? You're a family of four and you make $19,000, that's beyond poverty, right? Mm -hmm. And my account's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm living off my savings. And that's what I did for two years. I lived off my savings. I sold my car. I sold, you know, my stocks. I lived off of then rebuilt. But while I was rebuilding and the new business was growing, I kept thinking I have to remember to reinvest in myself and other things. Fast forward eight, nine years later, uh, when the mortgage company and the, our industry really took off and we're doing a billion six a year. So I mean, think about it, $1.6 billion a year is a lot of mortgages, right? For a small group of people. I was thinking, what else can I do? And I remember people kept talking about Missouri might have uh, cannabis might go on the ballot for medical and eventually go wreck. Because usually once you go medical, you know, then people push for wreck. And I was thinking, how do I get into this? Right? Like, how can I figure this out? And like I said, it started on a cocktail napkin. I spoke with a, a, an attorney who now is part of our company. And 
we started to kind of business plan and hire consultants. I didn't realize how expensive this industry was at first. So there's capital again. And, but I planted those seeds four years ago. And of course then COVID happened and talk about capital again, cause that's a big word the, it didn't go on a ballot for a year, right? Because who's gonna, who, it, it doesn't matter what side of, you know, the political party you're on. When COVID first happened, and if someone knocks on your door with a piece of paper and pen says, do you support the rec bill? You're not opening your door. You want, you want no one touching you. You don't want a pen. You don't want a piece of paper because there wasn't enough information about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that got delayed by a year, which meant we had to have more capital because med the medical market doesn't make any money. It just doesn't. There's not enough people for the amount of dispensaries uh, because, you know, you had Illinois, you could just go get your rec. Why, why do you need a license, you know, in Missouri to do it now? it's shifted, right? Illinois, because their taxes are so high, you see them coming into the Missouri market and buying, you know, Kansas is not rack. Um, it's not even medical. So you have your bordering states that are, that's why Missouri's become such a hot market for cannabis. Yeah, totally yeah, makes, makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Mm -hmm. It makes 100% sense. Uh, and what kind of uh, advice would you leave uh, people with outside of what you've spoken about um, already when it comes to entrepreneurship, owning a business, um, ins and outs, um, do's, don'ts, pros, cons that can help people from the start? You know, I would say if you really want to start a business, you just have to go with the mindset that it is going to be rough. It is, it's, it's going to be choppy, but you can't give up. Right. And I don't want it to make it sound gloomy, but I also don't want to make it sound like you just open a business and the money just starts raining on you. It doesn't work like that. You just have to be very passionate about what you want to do and you got to stick with it. It's Correct. like a workout, honestly. Yeah. And, and there's setbacks. You have to understand you can have some really great days. And for every five great days, you're going to have at least one or two days that are a big setback. And you go home again and thinking, did I do the right thing? You just got to get your boots back on, go back in there and go, this is a good day. We're going to have a good day today. And typically then you do. I mean, there's setbacks. It's just I mean, no matter Absolutely. how long your business has been open, there will be a setback. Or you can address this. Sometimes you have one bad employee that spoils the whole bunch. And then you got to get rid of it and then do damage control. I mean, there's all sorts of things you got to think about. Out. You you do and and I'm a big believer in manifesting and and waking up with a positive attitude and I know that sounds you know no, like, oh, well, you just wake up and you you just say it and it's going to happen. Be positive, right? Your positive yeah. mindset and manifesting is so important when you want to build Agreed. a business. Amen. That's that's very good. You have a choice every morning how you're going to be. Are you going to have a good day or are you going to have a bad day? And if you say I'm going to be positive, even through no matter what hits you, your day is always better. Absolutely. Hey, Ham, we appreciate you jumping in. Can you remind people again really quick where they can find your stores? Absolutely. So Route66Cannabis.com, uh, that is our website. Uh, we have five locations, and we're in uh, De Pere. We're in Winsville. We're in uh, Dogtown. We are in uh, St. Peter's and South Grand. And our product is called Ostara, is one of our product lines. And then our other product right now is called Cubana. And those could be found in over 100 dispensaries in Missouri. So if you don't happen to live nearby a Route 66 store and you want to try our products, please go into your local dispensary and ask for the Ostara products. Uh, we love working with other uh, cannabis companies. It's a very small community, and we love to support each other. Ham, we love you, man. We look forward to catching up with you next week. Enjoy your I'll business and relaxation in Miami, my friend. 
All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Okay. Bye. That's Amit Hamrao with Route 66 Cannabis. What great advice that you get from him. Uh, and, and he has been He's um, great. super successful. Yes. And what you see with him is what you get right there regarding the whole situation with bi- business ownership. Mm-hmm. People really liked his take on businesses. Beer A beer man is here. A beer man. Uh, Derek Pratt has just... Get on camera, please. There's I love Derek. you. Um, at the beginning of the show, I asked somebody to please bring in a Bud Light because I'm back on Bud Light's bandwagon. So uh, Derek is a uh, fill-in host. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Wonderful. As you see, I'm not drinking anything. Oh, I like your Bush Light hat. And, and of course, I it has Bush Light, Mizzou. Bush Latte, Bush Latte. <laughs> and and what am I drinking? A Bush uh, Light. Yeah. So a Bush Latte. you're drinking a Bush Light. I'm drinking... <clears throat> a Bud Light right here, and it is the best kind of Bud Light. It's the Mizzou Bud Light. The Mizzou Man, Bud Derek, Light. I love you, dude. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, Derek. He brought so me in a Mizzou Bud Light. I, I tried uh, to, I tried to get a hold of uh, Ben to see if Wenties was open this morning because oh, I'm like, you know, che- why not stop by Wenties? Cheers. Yeah, cheers to the UFC. Cheers. Cheers to Bud the, the Bud Light. I'm back. No, no, I'm not cheers to the Bud Light. I'm He's back. Drink the good beer. Back Drink on the good board beer. and to your Bush Light. There you go. Cheers. cheers. There you go. Cheers. I'm back with Bud Light, baby. Bud Light at 9.51 in the morning. There you and go. I'm going straight into the gym as soon as we're done. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's five it o'clock. is. Somebody said that yesterday because the news was so bad. Hey, buddy. How's everything been regarding uh, Inside Out? I wanted to promote your company. Oh, okay. Inside Out Custom Designs. We, you, go ahead. Go, yeah. So uh, my company is Inside Out Custom Designs. You can find me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram, which I'm still learning Instagram, so please be very patient with me. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, and um, Facebook. Um, I this is craft fair season. Uh, saw I saw the illustrious Lizzie and Dave this past weekend at, uh, at the craft fair. Um, it, you know, we we were talking about the economy, and I heard you guys talking with uh, Kathy earlier um, how uh, you know different numbers and and how people are spending their money. And and being a small business owner myself. Um, heard ham talking about, you know, you got to put capital into it. And, uh, I'm the same way. I've been doing this for about four years now and I don't really take a salary because my business isn't like, you know, thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars, but you know, I, I still take a little bit to take my, my wife to dinner or something like that. But most of the money goes back into the business. But you have money to pay your house bill. Um, no, my wife has money or to pay the house bill. Or a car bill. <laughs> my my wife has the money to pay that. Mm-hmm. Or insurance. My wife has the money to pay that. Um, that that's where I'm blessed to be able to to do this, yeah. is the fact that I have that partner in crime that uh, has that uh, stable job, uh, unlike my unstable job. But when it comes to you know the, the people spending their money, uh, I saw it within the, I mean, it was a tale of two cities. I've done two craft fairs. Probably within it was a week. Wasn't well, it? it was within one week. W- yeah, but gen- uh, yeah, geographically, we're talking. It was in the St. Charles area, mm-hmm. where you know, normal normally, people yeah. in the St. Charles area have that extra money to spend. Correct. Correct. Uh, and, and as a business owner, you always look at that area. But things are still going all right. They're going okay. Uh, last week um, was terrible. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, if I uh, so the first week, um, I, I sold grossed about $2,700 at the craft fair. Uh, last week, mm-hmm. I barely broke a thousand. 
Yeah, and and it could be and it could the be two a, different places. Yeah. I mean, and, and one is a private Catholic school that's very affluent, sure. very affluent, and then the other one is a public school that's in a regular area, like just a regular middle class area. Well, and and you all, there's also factors, especially with with craft fairs. You know, if I was a brick and mortar business, mm-hmm. the the way you get your clientele in is is completely different. Yeah. Uh, with a craft fair situation. By the way, I think the Bud Light tastes better than it used to. I thought I was thinking the same <laughs> thing because I've never really been a big Bud Light. Drinker. Now that, that now that they're conservative again, I yes, I, I think the taste, taste just all of a sudden got, got better. better. Yeah, I know. Mine's, I don't mean to interrupt you. Mine sorry. still tastes like Bush Light. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I do think. Well, it that's because you, you drink what the kids drink. Well, you know. He's just a big kid. It's it's brewed, brewed under several Clydesdale horses. Uh, by the way, real quick, <laughs> so people know, uh, just because we're running out of time, Derek takes care of our, our merchandise on our website, canceltheshow.com. If you're interested in the merch, uh, please check that out. And then, of course, as Derek was talking about with his business, Inside Out Custom Designs, he mm-hmm. takes he makes those shirts. Yeah, I had so uh, not only do I do the merchandising for uh, Cancel This, I do my own on this on the other side. So uh, new thing is we have the uh, the hats. So um, it's no different than what we have at Cancel This. Matter of fact, I do have uh, Cancel This patches too. So if you nice. don't want the embroidery version, we have the Cancel This patch. Um, all the hats are a Richardson 112 trucker hat. Uh, t-shirts, you can do whatever you want. And if you have an idea of a, uh, something you want for the, uh, for your shirt that we don't sell on the, uh, the, uh, the merch page, mm-hmm. I, I need to put like a blank t-shirt and just put, send me your design because at the end of the day, you're supporting cancel this. You're going to get something for it that you are going to wear. So if it's something that we don't design already, you know, send uh, send the email, and I believe the email Joe is merch at um, canceledthisshow dot com, or yeah, I think it's merch at canceledthisshow dot com is the email address to go straight to me. So if you have uh, a a pithy saying you want on your shirt, pithy, 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 not send, pissy, pithy, pithy, send it to that uh, email address. We'll get it made, and you're still supporting Cancel This. And you can find him as the Mr. Pool guy on TikTok. I am Mr. Pretty dang did did funny. Kelly Mano ever follow you? No, not yet. But uh, <laughs> I'll I ha- remind her. On Kelly, I ha- if you're watching, I have sent you a private message on. Oh dear God, TikTok. Yeah, but I know she gets a lot of them. And I'm, and, and I'm not that them, creepy guy. And yeah, <laughs> she'll be here uh, on Friday. Maybe you should bring her up a Bud Light. Uh, does she, does she drink Bud Light? I, no, she doesn't drink. No. She doesn't drink at all. Oh, I no. think she did tell us she. Yeah, doesn't yeah, drink she doesn't at drink. All. So she wouldn't be able to enjoy a. No, well, you could bring her maybe a soda or a spritzer water. I don't know. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, no, I figured, you know what? I had uh, something else I had to bring up here, so why not bring a a couple uh, beers into the studio? And thank you. Uh, Don wants to know, are you going to be at the Fort Zumalt South Craft Fair? I will not. My next craft fair, if you're in the St. Louis area, is November 4th at Eureka High School. That's so November 4th at Eureka High School, uh, it's out in my neck of the woods. And if you are a uh, uh, you if you're waiting for that last last ditch effort to get your holiday stuff, uh, Oakville High School out in South County is probably one of the second largest craft fairs in the St. Louis area. Oakville High School is the, uh, the first weekend in December, and that is where I end my craft fair season. So got it. We uh, have a lot of South County time. listeners, so that's good to know. 
No, we appreciate it. Uh, anything else? Anything else we need to get to? Uh, I, I know Vic always forgets about this, but we do have coffee on our merch page. Uh, I have tasted the coffee. It is. Uh, I need to it, taste the good. damn coffee. Oh, it's really so good. It's I, really I've, really I've good. had it's organic coffee. We, yes. It's our cancel this brand from American mm-hmm. Legacy Coffee. So shout out to Nick. I have had the Blue Line coffee uh, and. Uh, I can't think of the other one, but the Blue Line coffee is a nice, uh, nice rich coffee. Uh, it has it, it with some coffee you get that sour taste. Uh, I have found out that with the uh, with the uh, American Legacy coffee, you don't have that sour kind of aftertaste at the end. So it's a nice smooth coffee. Is so that because it's organic, or is it just because of how it's roasted? I'll be honest with you, I I don't know, but you know if you uh, put Folgers in your cup and you get that. Uh, <laughs> Um, Put Folgers in your cup. Yeah, you can tell how old I am. Me too. Uh, but if you get that, if you get that sour aftertaste at the end of a coffee uh, drink, uh, I, I'm guessing that it's not organic because uh, um, I with, with this coffee, we've we my wife and I both have drank it, and we're like, hey, you know, um, this doesn't have that that weird sour taste mm-hmm. at the end. But the second thing it could be, you know, and and, and one thing you'll you really appreciate about our coffee or any other, you know. Uh, uh, organic coffee is the big the big brands when they when they grind their coffee and everything um, small bugs tend to be attracted to that and uh, I believe I watched Ooh, a TikTok where okay. there's up to ten you can have up to ten percent uh, bug in your coffee too and I've also found pieces of uh, small wood chips too so uh, look look at your coffee when you buy it. Uh, oh my. I, I always recommend uh, to spend the extra time, get the beans that are not ground mm-hmm. and grind it yourself because at least you know what you're putting in and you know what you're getting out. But uh, get on get on the merch page. Uh, grab me. I mean, it's I think it's $15.99 <laughs> or whatever for a, a bag of coffee. Uh, try it out. If you're a coffee drinker in the morning when you're listening to CancelThisShow.com, have you a cup of uh, coffee that you bought off the merch page? There you and, go. And, uh, you know, I mean, at least at least do it this way. Try it once, mm-hmm. and if you don't like it from there, then at least you said you tried it. There you Buddy, go. Buddy, I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping in. Hey, Derek no Pratt, everybody. Um, we, we were packed today. Fastest two hours in podcasting. Oof. We started to hear first. Um, we're grateful for you guys jumping in. Um, tomorrow, we're packed again. Yeah, we um, got good stuff coming up Thursday and Friday. Yeah, you've got a pastor guest coming yeah, in tomorrow. Yeah, one of the pastors at my church is going to talk about the battle for our soul. Oh, dun, dun, dun. The battle for our soul. So- Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thanks we're, for, we're in Revelations. <laughs> it certainly seems here. that way, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. For Projo, for Derek Pratt, who's here today, for Lizzie Sparks, I'm Vic Faust. Guys, have an awesome day. Thank you for jumping in with us. Like, subscribe, share the show. Thank you again for those who are sending stars. We appreciate it. I just saw one come down. And um, we'll, we'll see you again tomorrow. Have an awesome day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>